0: So now, now that we're kind of moving into the service part, I'd like to ask you a question, and you can talk about it with the person next to you. If you're not next to somebody, just do the whole scoot over and be like, hey, what's up? Fist pump, and then talk about it. So everyone's expected to talk. Um, are you a rule follower or a rule breaker? I tend to think there's like two types of us. A lot of times we can maybe be in between. So if you're an in-betweener, which ones do you follow the most, and which kind of rules do you give yourself the most leeway on? All right, talk to the person next to you. If you've got children with you, it's a great chance to be like, oh, I know what kind you are, let's talk about it. If you're just talking with the person that you came with now, spread it out, turn to somebody else if you can and and that you have not come with, and just share a little bit, kind of break the ice. We're gonna be out there breaking the ice all morning, so let's just get used to it. Are you a rule follower or a rule breaker? All right. Just so I know who I'm dealing with in the room this morning, who here are our rule followers? Our rule, wow, all right. I know, it's like, and my wife's hand's like right up, wedding, boom. she is a rule follower. And guess who she married? Who are the rule breakers? woo give it up for rule breaking. Yeah, we celebrate that in church. No, I think we tend to be the like, way. so uh, what kind of rules, I guess you can't really shout it out there, but I know that I think we all tend to be in between. There's certain things that we think are really important, and we're like, I'm gonna follow this with all that I am because I think this is important. Someone told me it, I'm gonna value it and do it. And then there's other parts where we're like, well, does it really apply to me? Do I can kind of get away with it? Um, like, is the traffic limit really like it's a suggestion, right? Like five over. How many guys are five over people? Seven over people. How many guys didn't know there were speed limits? Yeah, there's these little white signs. Um, yeah, that, tell that to everybody on 294. Uh, that's nuts out there lately. Um, but. Rules are out there, and sometimes they can feel like a burden. Sometimes they can feel like, oh, this is oh, I just don't want to do it. And for me, as a rule breaker, when I hear that there's rules or there's regulations or things I'm supposed to do, there's this little inner voice that's like, you don't have to do it. You're your own person. You show them who you are and just do your own thing. And then I, I tend to like do that, and then I find myself sometimes getting in trouble because I'm in, a, I'm in a community. I'm in a world where rules exist. I can't just, you know... Kick my neighbor's puppy. No, I would never do that. That'd be awful. I'm not, why is that the example that just popped in my head as I'm, like, improvising? Are there any therapists in here? Because that was just really awkward. I don't. Know. Everyone on live stream, I don't kick puppies. My dad's a veterinarian. My sister's a veterinarian. I love puppies. I don't know where that came from. Some deep place inside of me. Maybe I was bit by a dog. But there are certain things I just can't do because I want to. I live in a system of rules. We're in a community together. They exist to help us all get along. Um, But bigger and broader than that, God has given us rules and instructions to follow for for a full life and a good life. And Paul is trying to explain this to the the church of Ephesus. He is talking to them about who God is, what he's created us for. And the very end of his letter, he starts to wrap it up with, so now that we know what God's all about, let's understand the principles he's given us. Let's understand the rules and regulations he's given us, not as things and mandates for us to do to keep us confined, but something for us to understand so we can have a right relationship with God and a right relationship with others. And I I love it Because it's written to real people and real places. Uh, Ephesus was a lot like Chicago. It was a a kind of a hub city where a lot of people went in and out. And so it was super diverse. A lot of things are going on. There's a lot of life happening. So many people had different ideas coming and going. And so Paul is writing to this group of people in the midst of all these ideas and this marketplace of thoughts and says, this is what it looks like to know Jesus. And this is what it looks like to follow Jesus right where you are. The reality is, is we're all called to follow Jesus in our neighborhoods. We're called to follow Jesus in our homes. We're follow, called to follow Jesus in our workplace. And they're very diverse. And so this letter is personal, and it's for us. And I love, love the last section because it, we start to get a little window into who God is and what he's calling us to do. We have an understanding a little bit of like who he's talking to. I think maybe even cooler is that who would have been there when this letter was read? Now, we have, we have the, the modern technology of printers and Xerox machines and um, internet and all sorts of things, so we can, we can, get, the, we can get the Bible just about anywhere. But back then, this was a personal letter written to a personal church saying, hey, this is it. I mean, they didn't have TikTok to like, send messages on TikTok dances and whatever these things are in the... Whatever I, I, you know, they couldn't they couldn't translate messages through the web, um, and this was bigger than the next episode of The Mandalorian dropping on Disney Plus. This isn't like all of a sudden like, whoa, it's here! I can't wait to watch it. We're all gonna sit down when it comes. Back in the day when there was TV shows and you had to watch it at a certain time because if you missed it, you missed it forever. Like that's gone. Like we just kind of know where everything comes. And so I think sometimes we can approach scripture with a lack of immediacy. Like it's like, oh, it's always gonna be there for me. I just kind of got it at home. But when the people heard this, they're like, wait, a message from Paul came in. Like Paul, the one who kind of told us about Jesus, Paul, the one that showed us about this revolutionary life, Paul who's like helped me introduce me to Jesus, that's changed me forever. He's gonna give me some instructions. I am there. And so this group of people gathered together, and who was there? I mean, you get a little glimpse of it into who he writes to. But he writes to um, the wealthy. He talks to the poor. He talks to indentured servants. He talks to husbands, and he talks to wives. Now, that was revolutionary and progressive at the time. All these people from all these different walks of life were together in one room, not separate, but together to hear about Jesus. And included in that were the children, the religious, the non-religious Jews, and Gentiles, and above all, Paul says that who is in our midst were people that were once far from God, brought together by the crazy, amazing work of Jesus. And he closes his letter with some simple steps of how we can start to relate to one another because the gospel is always in 3D. It's three-dimensional. We have our vertical relationship with God that we, we, we learn how to relate to him because of what Jesus has done and what he shows us. We have our internal life. That thought life that no one else sees, the stuff that's like, if anyone knew what I was thinking, if anyone knew how I saw the world, maybe they wouldn't want to be my friend kind of stuff. Or maybe it's just the way I think about things in general, um, our morals, our worldview, our compass. That stuff gets sorted out with Jesus. And then lastly, it's our horizontal relationships, the relationships with each of us get fixed and, and express something new and amazing because of what Jesus has done for us. And so right then and there, he gives us this little message to parents. And children, and he's saying this Hey, parents, children, you guys have been here, you've heard this long letter, but let me tell you what, there's something just for you in this as well. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. So if you'd like to, you're welcome to go there. Chapter 6, verse 1. And he says this Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it's right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it'll go well with you and that you'll enjoy a long life on earth. It's a small, it's a small segment in this long letter, but he has this really important thing. He says, children, listen, if, this is a lot that we've just unpacked. This whole letter covers a lot of things, but the thing that you need to know right now is not all of this stuff yet. Just honor and obey your parents, and the rest of it's gonna start getting sorted out. And then in verse four, he goes on to the parents to make sure they understand the heart of this verse, because I'm sure we we're like, whoa, children, obey your parents. That gives me a lot of license, you know, like manny petties every week. You got to take care of the lawn. Um, I'm only three. That's okay. It's a time to learn, you know, whatever. All this stuff. We might think that those are things we want to do for us. Now, those are things never said by a parent because I can't even get my kids to brush their teeth sometimes. But um, the bottom line is it's not about the obedience for us as parents. And so he goes on to say, fathers, do not exasperate your children, but instead bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. The heart of our parenting is to model who Jesus is and what he has done for us to instruct our children to do the same. This whole letter of Ephesians unpacks some amazing principles about God's grace, what the church is supposed to be, how husbands and wives and families are meant to live together. And then he goes on to children to say that the way that you're going to understand this is by following your parents' lead and that, that the really the goal of following our parents' lead isn't just to follow their instructions, but they can be grown up in the instruction of the Lord by how we live. Now, there's so much we can unpack in the short time that we have together here, but if I could at least say this. In this room, there are no perfect parents, uh, and there's no perfect children, um, but God has given us his son to be a restoration for all of us. There's, there's no one here that's going to have this thing figured out. None of us do. And it's easy to look on social media. It's easy to look at all these posts where there's just so many things that we're called to do with kids. There's so many things that we could do in Pinterest. There's all these crafts, ideas. There's no shortage of Bible studies and devotions. And we could just start feeling bogged down and weighed down like, I've got to do it all. I mean, if I don't do it all right now, I'm going to miss out every opportunity. Um, the reality is, is that we don't have to do it all. But I think what God's calling us to do is to be our best to be consistent in our walk with the Lord and express that to our kids. And there's no perfect children. I mean, sometimes we can go and like, you're like sitting there and pushing the stroller and like everything is like, your kid's like blowing up and everyone else is like, dearest mother, would you like me to go grab this for you? I mean, whatever. You're like, how are they doing this? Those, my kids. Whatever comes across your mind, there's no perfect kids. So give yourself a breather. Everyone just take a deep breath. (sighs) Let it out. Because this message isn't about heaviness. This is messages about where you need to go home and get it right. This message is an invitation to experience the grace of Jesus so you can extend that grace in your homes and walk in the freedom that he's given for us. Jesus didn't speak directly into parenting, but Jesus did lay a foundation for New Testament kind of parenting when he laid the foundation for a New Testament kind of living, especially when he instructs us to love other people as he has loved us. And the great thing that Paul starts to give us is some handles on that in this passage, um, how to love our kids. These are the good kind of love handles, right? I'm sorry. Bad joke. (laughs) I'll be here all morning. Um, Anyways, but these are the good kind of love handles. And Paul has been speaking some lofty ideals. Um, And so I, I know that as we start to talk about the ideal, it's easy to start to weigh on ourselves the places we don't measure up. Um, or it can bring in guilt where we haven't. It could also even trigger pain to where it hasn't been modeled for us. And that's not the goal of this morning, but the goal is to really just kind of get a picture of what it is God's calling us to be as parents and, and, and as children, how to go there. As says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Honor your mother and father, for this is the first commandment with a promise. It goes on to say that it's not just a commandment that God gives us, but God's trying to instruct us. And I love that because it's, it's almost like God in his infinite wisdom when he was giving the Ten Commandments sort of just sort of gave this little promise like the kids were in the room. Like, okay, the kids are listening to Commandment 1, Commandment 2, Commandment 3, and then Commandment, like it gets to this and he's like, oh, that's for me. There's a, there's a promise in that. So it may go well with you and you enjoy a long life on earth. God uses us as parents to be an example of God to our children. I mean, really, it's, it's part of, really, in a way, we pattern God in our parenting. It's like a, a parenting isn't just something that we are, but we're sort of like an, an echo or a copy of what God is, who God is in his person. In Genesis 1.27, uh, he says, let us make God and people in our own image. Let us make man in our own image um, after our own likeness. So God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, says, I want to create people who are like me and in my image. And then as parents, he instructs us to be fruitful and multiply. And in real ways, like, I've done this for you. Now pattern this for your children. So in our image, in a lot of ways, is to make children in our own likeness. Um, And this is important for us because our children will not just learn how to obey God and his laws from us, but they're going to learn what God is like from watching us and how we live and how we raise them. One of our biggest roles that we can play in, play in our parenting, uh, to know that our, our our children need to see us, they see us in a lot of ways and experience God in significant ways by how we become an extension of his love and grace to them. Parents at every stage, every stage, even grown kids need to know that they are continually modeling this for them um, from the beginning, from the way that we hold them, the way we speak to them, the way we care for them, discipline them, affirm them, um, and telling them who they are, listening to them, giving them grace, and even Providing them patience, uh, kids will get an understanding of God's security through you. Our children are going to gain a sense of God's reverence from you. Our children will find strength and resilience in God from how they see you in the same way. They'll understand God's grace and forgiveness by the way you extend grace and forgiveness to them. And it's a heavy load. It can feel like, oh wow, that's. That's what I'm supposed to do. I don't know if I'm always doing it all the time. And you could feel like, um, and even if you feel like this was never provided for you as a parent, maybe your parents didn't pass this on to you. Maybe you're halfway through the, the growing up of your kids and you're like, wow, the light bulbs are going off. How do I get started? The great news is that the transformation that Jesus offers us provides a way for you to create a new path for your family and how they were supposed to live and what they were meant to have. And then that's why Paul explains the following part. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So one of the things that we do is like, okay, kids are supposed to obey us because as they obey us in a lot of ways, they're learning how to obey the voice of God. In a lot of ways, by they're learning how to obey the rules in our home, they're understanding how to have reverence and worship for God in the rest of their life. In a lot of ways, everything that you do in your home is kind of a testing and proving ground for them to understand how to have a real relationship with the God of the universe who's made them in his image. Um, And so as you do this, he gives us instruction. He says, don't exasperate your children, but instead... Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's almost like Paul kind of jumps to the punch and says, wait a minute, I know you just heard obey, and I knew that you heard just do it in the Lord, and I knew these big ideas are coming to your head, but hold on, hold a second. Don't throw it all on them at once. Don't exasperate them. Don't wear them out, but just walk with them and instead bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So some questions for us is how do we respond to our children in their weakness? How do we respond to children in their rebellious spirit? How do we respond to them when they fail? I think intuitively, this is kind of a confession moment, like I know my kids don't have it all together yet. I know like, they don't always think through consequentially, and even we're learning that in adolescent development that the frontal cerebral cortex of the brain doesn't really even finish growing in the brain until age 25. And that's the part of our brain that starts to think through consequential thinking, like the whole, like, if, I, if I know this happens, then I know that this will happen as a result. like All that stuff happens as late as 25, we get this stuff figured out. And sometimes I go to my 10-year-old or my 9-year-old and say, what were you thinking? how on earth did you think this was going to go good? And like, I don't know. I just saw that thing way up high, and I thought these things will get me up there. I didn't think it was going to topple over. I didn't think I could break something. I didn't think about the important things on the counter. I didn't think about the precious heirlooms that might have been in that cupboard. I just knew there was a cookie on the top of the whatever, and I wanted to get up there and grab it, and that's all they were thinking. right? But then as a parent, we bring our consequential thinking to them and say, what on earth? What on earth were you doing? Or like when we, when we come to dust Stuff, we're like, we're a Christian family, and so how on earth did you think lying was going to be okay? Or whatever? These are just things that kids are going to do, and these are things they're going to figure out. And if we know that they don't have it all figured out yet, we can't approach them as like they already have it in place. And I think that's something that I continually have to worry about as a parent, not worry, learn about as a parent. And one of the ways I can exasperate them is when they come to me with stuff, I sometimes can lord over them and tell them things that, that they haven't figured out yet. Gosh, like, if, they, if they grow up, like, are they thinking that all oh, my life is is just to climb a mountain of things to do? And, and all they're thinking is, man, I'm just one person who's never figuring it out because every time I do something wrong, all I realize is all the things I don't know yet. And that's not the instruction of the Lord. We don't exasperate them, but instead we show them, wow, this could have happened. Let me instruct you in the ways of the Lord and what he wants for you. Everything is an opportunity. I hope that, that makes sense. Um, but maybe a practical way to putting this is... Um, also, understanding that when, when they mess up, um, do we sometimes tell them something that they already know? Man, if a kid broke something or if they uh, lied or if they did something else and they come to us and we've confronted on them, we don't need to tell them lying is bad a second time. Now, they probably already know that. Now, when they're little, they maybe have to, but the older that our children get, um, we need to um, honor them and show them that they can learn the process by not lo- continually exasperating them with what they already know. You failed, you messed up, this was a mistake, this was wrong, this was bad, but instead start to instruct them in the ways of the Lord. This is what God's calling us to. This is who we are. This is our identity in Jesus. This is what we represent. And let me show you how you can get from this mistake to this great calling that God has for us. Yes, you messed up. You know it, okay? So what are we going to do together to get to the grace and experience the grace of God? Um, There was a time in my life, I think I alluded to it in one of my messages a couple, uh, couple months ago, um, but I got in a car accident. Um, I was wearing flip-flops, and my parents told me I, that yellow shoes are going to cause an accident. And I'm like, nah, whatever. They're not going to cause an accident. These are, these are cool. Everyone's wearing these things. And they got a little wet, and they were like kind of spongy. And I went to an intersection, a little bit of a late yellow, maybe a full red. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I, was, I went into a light, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I need to hit the brake. And my foot just slipped right off. And it was just a nanosecond, but I couldn't hit it. And boom, just smashed right into the car. And all of a sudden, I was like the flood of things going through my head. Like in an instant, you know how fast your brain can go through all the consequences. Like, oh my goodness, I can't pay for this. Is someone hurt? Um, I'm I'm so I'm busted, I'm not gonna be able to drive the rest of the summer. I can't pick up my girlfriend. This is all these things are going through my brain. What can I do? And um, I was just I was a mess. My parents were out of town, and I could just in my mind kept thinking, what are they gonna tell me? I just know, and I just was like sitting with it for so long. It was terrible. And all of a sudden, they came up to me, and I think this is one of the moments that shaped me the most in how I understand grace and forgiveness. And my parents, my parents weren't necessarily, we weren't really church-going families yet, but this is how powerful grace and forgiveness can be in those moments, and it shaped me. Because my dad didn't say, wow, you know how bad it is to get in a car accident? Yeah, I know. You know, you really shouldn't have gone through that late light? Yeah, I know. Remember all the times we told you not to wear the flip tops? Yes, I know. Those are all the things I was expecting. But instead, my dad said, okay, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, Uh, I was expecting a little bit more conversation. I I don't know what I'm going to do about it. And that's where he showed me what I needed to do. That's when I realized I was in a a debt that I couldn't pay myself. That's when I realized that I needed the grace of my parents to work me through it. And that my dad helped me make decisions to get a job with my grandpa to pay things off. He helped me understand what insurance was. All those things were so formative for me. And later on, uh, I, I I realized what it was to have grace for something that I couldn't pay for. And so when I started to learn about God's grace things started to click for me a whole lot different because of how I had in that moment. And if you feel overwhelmed in your parenting, like, I can't get all this stuff together, you're in good company, um, we, we're, we're just meant to work together with our kids. And one of those powerful things we can bring to the table is, you know what, your mom and your dad, we're trying to follow Jesus. We don't always get it right. But one of the things we're trying to do is instruct you in the way of the Lord because we know what he has is good. And we're asking you to obey us. We're asking you to follow us. And this is an area where we might have messed up together. Let's figure this out um, together. And if you ever feel like, man, I just, I'm, just, I'm cut out. I made too many mistakes, you're even in better company because the Bible is just like a recollection of one dysfunctional family after another that God has redeemed and used. So don't be discouraged. Um, you are not counted out, but you're called to represent Jesus and how to live with him to your kids as you go. So let's hold on to that calling He goes on to say, don't exasperate your kids, but raise them up in the instruction of the Lord. Um, And so this isn't just for our adults, though. This is also for our children. And so um, we have a special message for our kids in this space. And so I believe Sarah Beth is going to be coming up. Um, We have a great uh, Marine Kids with our kids' ministry, a great team with our kids' ministry. And um, one of the things that we do every Sunday is give them lessons, dramas, uh, and uh, you get a chance to kind of see that firsthand with us together. But as we do, remember, this is also an extension of our conversation with Paul right now. Paul's saying, children, you've heard this message. This is how you do it. Parents, you've heard your part. That's how we do it. And hopefully, as we leave this place into the picnic, we're setting up a conversation for you to talk about with your children what it means to be a parent to them. Hey, kids, we're trying to help you know Jesus. And your children can talk about, hey, Mom and Dad, this is how we're being taught to obey your instructions. So give it up for Sarah Beth.
1: Hey, you guys, you're doing so good. You've been listening so good. Can you believe we're in big people church? Is it not the coolest? I can see all your faces. It's so fun to see you. Okay. I have a really, really, really important question for you. And I need to hear your answers. Okay. Is the Bible like just a cool fairy tale that we just talk about? Is it just like a really cool superhero story? Is the Bible true? What? It's true? So it's probably really, really important, right? Okay, can we put the verse right back up again for the kids? Guys, we're going to hear the part of this verse that is really, really important for us. Okay, are you ready? It says, children, obey your parents. That's a hard one, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you. And you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Now, it's a big verse. And obeying can be hard, can't it? And sometimes it's hard to know when we are and we aren't obeying. So we're going to do an activity. You guys need to get the wiggles out. You guys, you guys need to move a little bit. Okay, can you guys stand up for me? And we're going to do a game. Okay, here's what we're going to do. And grown-ups, you can do this with us. Everybody stand up. We like to get the wiggles out. If you don't really want to stand up, it's okay. But you're going to stand up. And listen, I'm gonna tell you a story. Are you ready? And kids, you gotta make sure you can see, because we're gonna act the story out. I'm gonna tell you a story, and as soon as the kid in the story is disobeying, so as soon as the kid in the story makes the wrong choice, I want you to sit down. Can you do that for me? Okay, everybody, let's welcome Lily. Everybody, can you say hi to Lily? Say welcome, Lily. Welcome, Lily. All right, this is my friend Lily. And Lily's room is a mess. Like a mess. Oh, my goodness. Do you guys' rooms ever look like this? Total mess. Lily's, I'm everywhere. So Lily's mom tells her Lily, you need to go up to your room and clean your room. Do not play with your toys. Clean your room. Do your parents ever tell you that? So Lily goes upstairs, and oh my goodness, Lily finds a doll she forgot she had, and she finds all these toys that she forgot that are so fun to play with. And Lily gets distracted, and Lily starts playing with her toys. Oh my goodness, her mom said don't play with them, and she played with them. Are you all sitting down? Because Lily, uh, her mom comes walking into her room, and what do you think her mom's face was? Oh, Lily. All right. Say thank you, Lily. All right. That's our first one. You guys all did great. Good job. Okay. Can you stand back up? Stand back up. We got another one. All right. We're going to meet Kyle this time. Okay. So everybody, can you say welcome, Kyle? Hi, Kyle. Guys, Kyle is in the fourth grade. And do you know what he does not like? Math. Math. Kyle. AIDS math. Oh, it's the worst. So Kyle has this rule in his house. Every time Kyle comes home from school, he has to do his math homework first, and then he can play video games. But one day his friend Gio comes over and he's like, Gio can really help me beat this level in my video game. And I bet maybe if I asked my parents. If we can play video games first and do homework later, they might say yes, but they might say no. So I'm gonna tell my parents that I don't have any homework today. (laughs) And he decides to play the video game. And then to make it worse, you guys, his dad calls him and says, Kyle, are you doing your math homework? And what do you think Kyle says? He says, I don't have any. I didn't have any homework. Y'all should be sitting down. That was pretty bad. All right, thanks, Kyle. All right, one more, one more. One more, ready? Can everybody say hi to Colleen? Colleen is gonna come out now. Here comes Colleen. Now, Colleen, yeah, you stand up, stand up, stand up. Colleen loves horses, like, a lot. Colleen, my yes, you love horses, Cora. She loves horses so much. She has horses that her grandma and grandpa gave her. She has horses that her best friend gave her. She has horses that the cousin thirty moved down the road gave her because everybody knows that Colleen loves horses. And down the street from Colleen's house, guess what they have? A real live horse. And she asked her mom if she can go pet the horse, but her mom said, no, we don't know the neighbors, so that wouldn't be right. We don't know if they're safe. So one day, you guys, Colleen's out in her yard playing, and she thinks, I really wanna pet that horse. So Colleen decides to not ask her mom, and she goes down the road. She hasn't touched the horse yet, ever. and she looks at the horse, And she thinks God really wouldn't want me to do this. God really wouldn't want me to do this. But guess what Colleen does? She reaches out and pets the horse. Ugh, yeah, you should all be sitting down. Now all those kids made some pretty bad choices, huh? So we're gonna have Stephanie come out for a minute and talk about that and I'll be right back.
2: Hello, guys. Okay, so we're gonna start back at our verse because everything that we say and do has to be firmly planted on the word of God. So last time for our verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey them because it is right. Honor your father and mother, and that is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you all and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. So do you guys remember Lily in her messy room? Why did her mom want her to clean her room? I mean, it's your stuff, isn't it? Who cares, right? Now, Lily's mom might know that Lily gets really frustrated when she can't find her stuff. And your mom wants you to take good care of your stuff, right? Because God has given us things to take care of. And when we take care of the small things, he knows that we can take care of the more important things, right? So the first key point from Lily's story is, our parents ask us to obey so that we could be good stewards of our things, which means, what is stewardship? It's a really big word that means to take good care of our stuff, right? So that's our first point. Good job, Lily. Okay, Kyle. Let's give Kyle a hard time now, okay? All right, Kyle. You and your video games, right? Remember him? So, what you and your math, right? Who likes math? Do you guys like math? Yeah? Yeah? Good, good. We got some math people in here. All right. So, we all know that we would rather play video games or watch Netflix than do our homework, right? But, is that the right thing that we're supposed to do? Now, because Kyle didn't do his homework, several things could happen. He could get grounded. That's not fun, no, no, we don't wanna be grounded. You can get a bad grade on your test, right, not good. What about next year's math? How are you gonna do that, Kyle? Yeah, so math builds upon each other, right? So if we struggle with this and not doing it, then the next thing is gonna be even harder and it goes down the road, right? Now, how about this, Kyle? That next video game, it's 30% off how are you gonna do the math to figure out how much you need to save? (laughs) Math is important and your parents know that because they love you and they want you to have a good long life. Now, there's another bigger part to this story is that he lied, okay? So he not only disrespected his parents and disobeyed, but he dishonored them. And if you continue to lie and lying keeps going, then what happens? Then you become that kid that no one can trust. And that's not good. So our first story with Lily, God asked us to obey so we could be good stewards. And now God asks us to obey obey our parents so we can have a good future. Let's give it up for Kyle and good luck on your 30% off, Kyle. Okay, Colleen, this is our last one, Colleen. Remember her with the horses? Now, horses are unpredictable like many animals, right? So it could bite you. And not only that, but the owner could be mad because ultimately the owner's responsible for his animals, right? So this scenario is a lot more serious consequences than maybe not cleaning your room. But you're so you could have also gotten hit by a car crossing that street that you weren't supposed to cross, right? So in this scenario, this is where we see the promise of the long life. This could have led to serious consequences that really could have impacted your future. So, good job, Colleen. Now, now, real quick, in these scenarios, there could have been an easier option. One, obey right away with the messy room. Two, he could have just done the math, and then he could have played video games. And Colleen could have just asked her mom, and they could have gone together and knocked on the lady's door, right? So remember, your parents love you guys so much, and that's why they ask you to obey. So the reasons, to be good stewards, to have a good future, and to keep us safe. All right. Thank you, Stephanie.
1: Okay, can I tell you guys a secret? Yeah. You want a secret? Yeah. So I know this is going to be really, really, really hard to believe. But I was not always a good kid. Sometimes I disobeyed my parents. Can you believe that? I know, it's kind of shocking. There were some days in there, especially when I was like 12, 13. I know I'm nervous parents myself. But there were some days in there that I was really downright horrible to my parents. I really was. I know, it's shocking. I made bad choices, I pushed my parents, I didn't listen to them, I didn't trust them, I didn't believe that they had good for me, I thought I knew better than they did. And there was this one time, you guys, that I kept arguing and arguing and arguing and yelling at my mom, it got real bad. And it wasn't great. So here's the thing, sometimes it's hard and I get that. And what happens when it gets really, really hard and we need to listen and we need to obey and it gets to that point where you're just like, oh, I can't do it. And you mess up and you disobey like I did. We have to to make that okay. So you know what I did in that situation? My mom got really mad at me. She kind of left the house for a little while and I was all alone and I had to think about what I did. And I had to write her a letter. So I wrote my mom a letter. And do you know what that's called? First, we have to confess. Confess That's right. Confess our sins. You got it. Thank you. You guys are listening these days. It's awesome. We have to confess. Do you know what it means to confess? What does it mean to confess? Can anyone tell me? Um, To to tell the truth. That's exactly right. Exactly right. We confess. messed up. I lied. I did, I, I did have homework or I didn't clean my room. I did the wrong thing and I made the wrong choice. That's called confession. And then we have to ask for forgiveness. So first, I wrote my mom a really long letter. And you want to know something crazy? My mom still has that letter and keeps it in her wallet to this day. And when I mess up, sometimes she still gets that out. But my mom still has that letter and she still has it in her wallet. And I still, yeah. And then I had to ask her to forgive me. I had to say, mom, I did this and I was wrong and I'm really, really sorry, will you forgive me? And that's what's really important for us to do, okay? So you ask for forgiveness and then who's the other person you have to ask to forgive you? God, how you guys are just, why am I even up here? You guys have this down. We have to ask God to forgive us and do you think God does forgive us? Every single time. God forgives us, okay? So we're almost done, you guys. A few last questions, all right? We need to learn and we need to trust that God knows what's best for us, our parents know what's best for us, and when we mess up, we just need to apologize, ask for forgiveness, and then try again. And you wanna know one last secret? Just because I'm up here and just because I have kids I still have to honor my parents. And it can be really hard sometimes. So even to this day, when I get frustrated, I ask God to help me. So when you're going into a situation where you think, I'm not gonna be able to obey, I really can't do this, just stop, pause, and say, God, give me your heart and help me to obey. Can you guys do that? It's pretty cool, huh, that we can talk to God that way. All right, we're gonna pray. We're gonna sing a song, and then can you guys tell me what's coming next after we? We're gonna pray. Which what's prayer? We're gonna talk to Jesus. I didn't. I didn't quite hear that. What? No, there's not a picnic coming up. No, you're just gonna all go home and clean the house. All right, all right, all right. There's a picnic. All right, let's pray, let's sing a song, and then we'll hear all about the picnic, okay? Can we all fold our hands? We're gonna to talk to Jesus now, all right? Dear God, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for providing parents that love us, that are here to take care of us. Thank you for loving us so much that you take care of all those details. God, help us. Help us to trust that you know what's best, and that our parents know what's best, and that you have a plan, even us grown-ups that sometimes have a really hard time honoring our parents. God, give us your heart. Help us to show honor and love, and when we mess up, God, help us to know that we can say it out loud, that we can confess that, that we can ask for forgiveness, that you will forgive us, and that we can start all over and keep working at it. God, we love you, We are thankful for you, we are thankful for church in this community, and we are also thankful for picnics. So be with us, help us to have fun, and help us to continue to know that we can trust you.